Okay. Can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SOBERGIRLS for $10 off your first order. I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash sobergirls or Use the promo code SOBERGIRLS at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash SOBERGIRLS for $10 off. Now we know that finding the perfect non-alcoholic drink and symptoms feel like a major challenge, but we've discovered something that's about to knock your socks off and your taste buds too. Go Brewing. Did you know Go Brewing was rated number one, number one, Michaela, for non-alcoholic beer in the country, and rightly so. Fun fact, all of their beers fall under the gluten-free guidelines, so you won't get that gross bloated feel that you sometimes can get when you're drinking, let's be honest. Plus, all their brews without fruit have less than one gram of sugar. Because we want to feel sexy and sober and have fun, Go Brew is the perfect choice for us. And who says beer isn't sophisticated when you could just put it in a champagne glass like I do? My favorite at the moment is the Sunshine State Tropical IPA from Go Brewing. It's the mango and peach flavor. As a listener, you can save 15% by going to brewing.com slash sobergirls or by using the code sobergirls. Plus, get a free two-day shipping on orders of $40 or more. Again, go to brewing.com slash SoberGirls or use our code SoberGirls for 15% off. Hey guys, welcome to Two Sober Girls Podcast. We are so happy that you are here. This is our first episode and this is a podcast for any stage. So whether you have been sober for many years or if you are sober curious or trying it out, or if you're in between, when you reduce your alcohol consumption, great things will happen. And we are here mm-hmm. to help you navigate through it all, which, you know, life can be messy with or without alcohol, but it's way more manageable without it or with much less of it. So here today, I have Erin, who is my co-host. Erin um, is so beautiful. She's an amazing wellness guru. Mm-hmm. She is Um, studying to be a health coach now. I mean, so many different things, but most importantly, since we are in this target here, she has been sober almost three years. So Erin, welcome to your show too. Thank you. I'm so psyched (laughs) and thrilled beyond to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your journey. um, What got you to drink and also what got you to stop drinking and just that path? Yes, I'd love to. Um, Okay, so what got me to drink? And now that I've had time, you know, so I'm almost three years sober, which I can't believe it. I mean, I truly like I could cry. It's by the grace of God um, and a power greater than myself that relieved me of this bondage of 
alcoholism. Um, so what got me to drink is truly, if I trace it back, not knowing how to cope with my emotions at a young age. I um, you know, was born into a beautiful, big, energetic, loud family. And as a child, you know, I just have, I just remember feeling um, super sensitive, not only about my feelings, but everyone around me. And I was the middle of five girls and, you know, I was just very emotionally connected to my parents, to my sisters, to humans and wanting, I just felt quite uncomfortable with any pain. I was not okay if you were in pain. I was not okay if I'm in pain. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have mm. the words to even express it. However, it's very interesting. I had an ability to make people feel so much better. You know, I could go in and I could see what they needed emotionally and give it to them. And I became sort of like just the peacemaker, the problem solver. I also learned at a young age that if you are just really good and you make people happy, it's more peaceful. So I just focused more on keeping the peace, bringing joy to my parents, um, than really ever knowing me, myself what I needed, what, what were these things, these feelings that I was feeling and how to move through them. I, I coped by managing and just maintaining a, a pseudo peace when inside I just, my stomach was a knot since I was a little kid. Like that was, you know, I always, my stomach was always in knots and mm. My first way out, thank God, you know, and this is truly thank God, was through sports, which fulfilled two needs. My parents loved it. Um, I can be a little type A as addicts yeah. can be. And I, I do things, you know, addictively. And so I became really a really good athlete. So I had this physical release. I had this goal. I had teammates and coaches. And so I just put all my attention there and I just, you know, that helped me feel better. That helped me cope. That helped me release some of that stress, that tension, the unknown. Um, I got into running, basketball, and for a long time it worked. But, you know, looking back now, I never really experienced peace and we'll get into that. And I never really experienced the true joy of what I accomplished because inside there's inner anguish of, okay, you did it this time get ready for the next time because, you know, you're always looking to get that fix. It's the same thing with drinking. You need that next drink just mm. to be okay, just to make it through, just a numb. I was numbing. I wasn't living. And so my first, you know, way to numb was through sports and, and through exercise and th through being part of a team. And of course, anything that we look to, you know, to numb, anything we do addictively, eventually will turn on us and own us and it, it doesn't work anymore it's like you keep going to that same spot and you have to do more of it and you don't get that peace you don't get the same response your body your mind are like oh sorry not yeah. working anymore we can't numb you anymore like you've used us and it's it's you know it's powerless now to mm -hmm. help yeah um and so that's when you know I found alcohol and I thought you know like a normal high school. And it's so sad that we say normal because, you know, I think this is Michaela, why we're so passionate about this. I don't want it to be normal to flood your body with toxins and think that that's how we socialize. Like I want better for my children. I want better for their children. It's not normal. It's a cultural norm. That is, it's a sickness, but as a typical teen, um, you know, I started drinking and 
again, because of sports, it kept it, you know, in okay place because I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't drink while I was in season or before a game. But what's interesting, things we learn in the rooms is that if I look back to my first drinking experiences, I like blacked out. Now that's not normal. I just thought I was Irish, let people mm-hmm. black out. Early on, I would black out. I would pu- like push my body past the point of what it could actually filter, consume, and my body had to shut down to save me. Is basically what a blackout is, right? So, as a blackout drinker from the start, one of the um, you know red flags if you're not sure if you are an addict, if you you know um, that's a true sign of addiction is like that your body's response. You push to that point. So blacking out was, you know, common for me, um, high school and college, I would black, you know, blackout drunk. And again, it's sad, but true. I wasn't alone. And so that you would, you know, you would joke with your friends. Oh my God, I don't even remember last night. Like it's so dangerous one. And thank God by the grace of God, nothing ever happened. I'm very lucky. It is by God's grace. But again, you're surrounded by people that who are just binge drinking. So you kind of just think it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's okay to like be throwing up all night and feeling like crap in the next day because everybody else is doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And what a waste of life and time and we're destroying our bodies. And not to mention you're making ourselves emotionally, spiritually, mentally sick. Alcohol makes us sick. And not only does it absolutely rob and destroy our bodies, we don't talk about what it does to our minds. And, and our so, brain I and mean, our brain. Yeah. 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 I, and especially living in this society where, you know, being an overachiever is applauded Yeah, and then drinking. So it's like, you know, like work hard, play hard mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's impossible to sustain and be happy. No, you just can't. It, you just said it. it's impossible. Yeah. But it's a lie that everyone's chasing because it's, that's what it's being shared, you know, through media and it's, it's not true. So I, you know, I have a typical college experience. Um, but I do, you know, looking back, notice now that whenever there was extra stress or whenever there was extra, any emotion, alcohol is what I turned to. That was my solution. That's how I coped. I, you know, I could do anything if I had a couple of drinks. I, okay, I maybe don't feel like doing that. Okay, I'll rally and have a couple of drinks. Having a bad day or not wanting to face something I need to face. It was my solution. Was that the only a, drug you took or was that a gateway to other? God, yes. And I, I mean, and I consumed a lot. Like, so like I was one of these people, like, I love the taste of the alcohol. Like mm-hmm. I loved like, and now it's so funny because the smell of it makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I could, you know, I, I couldn't imagine not having rosé or wine at lunch. Like it's just not, I loved it. So I had cocktails and wine and but in large quantities. And it was kind of like, you know, just part of my lifestyle. That, and you didn't think course. it was large quantities, right? Or did you? Um, not at the time because it was like, again, a it's a progressive disease. And so you start out and you're normal and it grows and it grows and it grows. And all of a sudden you're like, how did I become a full-fledged alcoholic? Like, what? what? But you are so not like a glass or two of wine at lunch. Oh, we're going out to dinner. And then it's like, that grows into bottles, you know? Yeah. And because you're, you can consume so much more. You're like training your body. It's disgusting. Um, so 
I, you know, I, you know, using this as my co- only means of coping, this is an exercise. I still mm-hmm. was exercising a lot. So I had like, I knew this was like the really healthy thing to do, like at least physically release, but I didn't really have that spiritual component yet, which is so interesting. And we'll get into that another mm-hmm. time because I grew up in church, but I didn't because I was like physically, let me get the toxins out, but spiritually, this is upsetting. I'm uncomfortable. I don't even know how to name this. I don't want to, I don't, I never talked about feelings or emotions. Like everything's perfect. I'm perfect. Life is perfect. I have no problems. And instead I'm like, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Let me have alcohol. Okay. I'm okay. I'm not going to die. Like this was like my repetitive cycle. Um, but with anything, like I'm saying it grows. So life gets harder, life gets bigger. Life, you know, there's going to be more stress and more on my shoulders and more emotions that I can't navigate. And so I just, you know, looking back and see my addiction from, you know, high school, college, and it just kind of rose with me, like the tide, like with my life getting bigger and the more blessings, the more I relied on alcohol to keep me what I thought peaceful and sane and like calm. Um, And, you know, again, I did not really... I don't think my addiction fully came to surface, like reared its truly ugly head until I moved out of New York City. We were in the city with our babies um, back to where I grew up. And Mm -hmm. then it was like that switch was flipped um, because it really is, it's, it's environmental and it's genetic. Like I, so someone with this gene, it can lie dormant if you don't have both. And for a long time, it was like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm binge drinking sometimes, or I'm drinking too much, but I feel like truly my alcoholism that switched boop, mm-hmm. once it was like, oh no, this so is why did it switch when you moved? What happened? That's such a good question. So when we lived in the city, it was really peaceful. Um, it was just a really peaceful time. I, I, so as you know, I crave peace. I, I, I recharge in a peaceful environment. I like order. I, I, you know, I need to just be alone with God. I just want to be alone with my children. Like I don't do well in chaos. Chaos is a, tr- a huge trigger for me. And my whole life I was trying to create peace wherever I was because I can't, I can't deal with chaos. I can now in recovery, which is mm-hmm. interesting, but I do not choose to put myself in there, that arena, unless I have to, if I'm mm-hmm. in service to a higher purpose. So in the city, it was really calm. I had my babies. We had our, I loved apartment living. I had this adventurous city that was so fulfilling to my soul. And, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't surrounded by family and. Um, oh, so you I weren't my, triggered. <laughs> I wasn't triggered. Yeah. Right. And I, and I want to say like, I adore my family, but it's a lot, you know, yeah. we had family on both sides here. Um, also it's, kind of strange coming back to where you began it's just like wait and you people still remember you as that person and you're like no I'm like I'm evolved like I Mm. and I was like 20 years ago and well especially if you're moving from the city you have definitely evolved yeah and then you go back to a hometown then it's yeah I mean it's not like the country but it's still it's still same habits still same people right yeah Yeah. and like and with the city I just I just there was so much for my soul Mm. and so I just was fed like my soul was fed I was um you know just challenged and uh, you know pushed and 
I love energy moves a lot faster in the city too. Yeah. I also found I drank a lot more in the city because I couldn't, you know, it's like, I I actually couldn't be calm in the city and I've lived in a city a few times. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, I think my having, I so that my children were babies. So I had the double stroller. Oh yeah. They when were you, my when anchors. Yeah. yeah. They were my calming anchors. Cause it was like my whole life revolved around their schedule. Mm. And I definitely drank and had friends who were like, Oh, let's meet for lunch and do this. But it never was full blown. Like, Oh my goodness, I need to get help. It was like, okay, maybe like, maybe yeah. I'm calm down a little bit. But it was just, I was so good. And I think that's where a lot of people are is like, it's just a casual thing. It's like, when do you know when it's spinning out of control, right? Is it when your gut health is off? Is it when you're feeling like crap every morning, you know, like those things. So yeah, go, go back to moving back. So what, what was Yes. Well, no, and that's such a good thing too. Cause you know, it's when your life becomes unmanageable is when you need to get help. And so that's what, again, it's one of our steps. Um, like you, you admit my life has become unmanageable. So while, you know, a lot for a long time, we manage well until, okay. Um, so we moved back to a beautiful town, beautiful home, but it also just shifted the dynamic to my then husband. Um, he would have to commute. So that was a big change because we were used to doing so much together with the kids and having this like small unit, like, you know, a a lot of family time where, okay. So it's so interesting. Suburbia is just so uh, it's, listen, if you want to have an addiction, it's a great place to like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) because you do it, you know, like a lot of people don't drive because it's in your neighborhood. So you're having drinks in your neighborhood. Mm. Um, everything revolves around alcohol. If it's Halloween, if it's a, a children's sporting event, if it's um, going to the beach, if it's, it's holidays, so, holidays, yeah. it's everything. so much alcohol. And so that was available. Mm-hmm. And then I felt more stressed out because it just was, again, the energy that I couldn't control and it was too much. And I was like, just seeking simple, peaceful, mm. my babies, uh, my routine. And I was like, well, what am I doing? How do I do this? And then I'm taking care of a house and then we're hosting things. And I'm like, I don't think this is what I want to do. Like, mm. I, I won't go back in my apartment. Like, yeah, this is, whoa, I'm, I am like man overboard here. But again, I'm a pleaser and I'm like, well, you are so blessed. How could you ever complain? Mm. You just, you know, and that's what we do. And so I just drank over it. Like, like, okay, so I'll have a couple of glasses of rosé to do this. I have to plan this. I just relied heavily on, you know, you know, thinking of like the summer times, rosé, wine to just get me through when there was this inner ache of like, I feel really off here. I don't feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. I'm not happy with things happening. I feel uncomfortable in situations where, you know, that involving my children and like what we're doing. And did you speak to anybody about this? Because when you're feeling that it's almost like you're, you're asking God for help, right? It's like that time that is like something is you're calling out for something. (laughs) You said it. Well, it's so funny you say that because I was like, you know, maybe I just need to go deeper spiritually. Maybe I need to go like seminary school. Like I really, you didn't think alcohol was the problem probably. Right. I, 
I, it's, I was so, well, this is what I thought to be quite honest. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'll die without alcohol so that I just can't like, that's going to be over here and no one's touching my, Mm. no, like I fully stocked two fridges. I was just like, I planned all my social outings, like, you know, around making sure it was like a fun, like have a couple drinks sort of thing, because I didn't, I knew how dramatically my life would change if I took it away. And that I also knew I'd have to be honest with how I'm feeling. Mm. And for someone, since they're born, push yeah. that so far down. I'm like, I cannot dig that up. I'm going to die. And I don't even like, well, I'm going to die. Yeah. So I think in my heart of hearts, I knew, but I was like, but board should not going to go to that option. Cause that's not an option. Cause I'm going to die. So let me see. And then, you know, I did everything. But in like, reality, you would die if you continued with alcohol. That's the die. part. You're, you're slowly killing yourself. I mean, yeah. I mean, even, even just social drinking is, you know, doing so much damage, but yes, I was slowly. Well, it's a snowball maybe, effect. You, you go yeah. out to drink, your food mm-hmm. choices are different. You sleep mm-hmm. differently. Your mood mm-hmm. is different. Your workflow mm-hmm. is different. Your relationships are different. Just one night of drinking and let alone, you know, if, I don't know if you guys read the compound effect of like yeah. doing little things, how it impacts over time, like greatly, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah. You just said it. And right. And so that couple of drinks, whatever touches everything else you do yeah. and good luck with feeling clear and, you know, your serotonin and yeah. dopamine are like, depleted. but also vice versa. If you stop, mm-hmm. it touches everything as well. That's the yes. beauty of it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's so beautiful and miraculous, but so I did everything else in my power perfectly exercise, like plant-based diet, cleansing, you know, um, church, everything, but touch mm. the one thing that was killing me. Cause I was like, well, maybe I do all of these, like maybe I need two workouts just to make sure I really get all the toxins <laughs> out of myself. Uh-huh. Oh my God. This is what I'm thinking. And then I'm dying depleted and I'm like, not feeling any better. And these endorphins yeah. aren't working anymore because I'm so low. I'm just like, it, it just got worse and worse, but I was trying and spinning so hard because I knew it would turn my whole life upside down, Yeah, you know, and it did. Yeah. But thank God. So how did you know that you had an addiction? What, like, what was that moment like? Well, I, I think I knew before I admitted it because I was like, I, Cause people would tell me, you know, just don't drink for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who does that? And like, and I was like, I actually shitty advice. Shitty. I know. Sometimes. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, well, and that's a whole nother podcast of like yes. people shaming you. And you're like, dude, I'm not choosing this. I'm a bit like, I now have the language, but like, I'm sick. This is an addiction. Yeah. I, yeah, right. I could do anything. I am so disciplined. You know, my mom used to joke, if you could be in the military, I'm like, not really, but mm. I'm so disciplined, but this, because an addiction doesn't matter. Like F your discipline, it owns you addiction. Yeah. It takes over your mind, body, spirit. So I couldn't stop. Like I, and I couldn't get one day in without alcohol. So I was like, yeah, that probably checks the box right there of being an, an addict and okay, but what do we do with that? You know? And you know, again, why I'm so passionate about doing this with you, because I didn't know any sober people. And I I have to be honest, like, I didn't think they existed. Mm -hmm. I thought they were unicorns. I had one gorgeous friend who will jump on this podcast with us. And she's, her story is amazing. 
And I just thought that she was like, you know, an, another realm of humanity. And I'm like, how did she do this? And she'd been sober for so long. And that was the only person I knew anywhere. Like, does she go to not, AA or she stopped? She on does. Her own? Okay. okay. She's in AA and actually she brought me into the room. That's how I got oh. to my first meeting. Um, but, I, you know, now what I know being in the rooms that were everywhere and I want it to be so like, awesome. You're part of this great fellowship that helps you learn how to live life, you know, through coping within. That's really what AA is. It's a spiritual solution. Instead of picking up a drink or a drug or any other thing. Um, but I just, you know, it, it blows my mind that I did not think sober people existed in my area or, you know, which mm. we do. We're all over we the do. place. There's a and lot. We're here. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. and it's cool to be sober. And it's like, and it's actually, uh, you know, on the other side of things, I'm jumping ahead. I've never been happier. And I went through effing hell and back. Like it, I could weep. I faced, you know, that little kid, every pain and it's, mm. it's unbelievable, but I, I, you know, I know how to do it now without alcohol. And I have this fellowship that reminds me daily that I'm part of, and I I'm learning how to live, like mm-hmm. truly how to be a human that's fully alive, that can feel it, walk through it and use it for good and help another. And like, that's, this is what, why we have these emotions because it's, they're, they're teaching us something. They're, they're alerting us to something's off. Like you're yeah. out of alignment, be true to who you are. Yeah. And, and talk, you know, get help. No. And what I was saying the other day is your hardships and something that you struggled with and broke you down is actually what your purpose is. Yes. Yes. You Which, know, who would have thought that? Yeah. I mean, not in, I mean, truly not in a million years would I think that my life would be like, I love being sober and I'm going to be mm-hmm. out there and open and talk about it. And I'm going to help open. others. I'm going to help you if you need help. And, and yes, I have pain and like, I, you know, yeah. I can be vulnerable with that. And because it's my power, because it's it, when we like stay in the dark and we don't, we hide our shame. Brene Brown always talks about this and I just worship her. It owns us. You stay stuck in the darkness mm-hmm. and it's BS because once you speak it and you ask for help yeah. and you reach your hand out to God, like heaven breaks And I think that's the start. I think, you know, even if you don't have a safe space to talk to, because most people don't, yeah. you know, even, no, especially if you're running around yeah. those circles, mm-hmm. that isn't, that might not be the best place to start. <laughs> so no. I think for many, no. um, you know, I always say like, you know, prayer, meditation, journaling, just mm-hmm. getting those thoughts out. And then, I mean, you know, talking to a professional, whether it's a coach, yes. whether it's a therapist and making sure you guys vibe, making sure that yeah. you can be open and tell the truth, mm-hmm. or you find a really close friend. Like, you know, I can tell you things that maybe sometimes I haven't shared, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And I think that's important to feel and to move through and to be like, oh, that didn't kill me. Like we, you know, like you said earlier. Mm -hmm. No. And there's no power in it. It's so funny. Now you walk through it and you're like, I can do anything. I can face anything. And now when I have these feelings, because listen, we're, I'm going through life unarmed. I like to like before with alcohol, you are, you're numb. So you're armed, like you're not really there. You're not feeling like 
you know, when you're getting shot at you, that there's a buffer. I'm unarmed, but I'm with God. And so God wants me to feel it so I can pass through it. And, and I'm never alone in it. And, you know, it, when we get to feel it, speak it, move through it, that's when we become who we're meant to be. And that's the thing too, like we're these limitless humans made for so much more, but we get stuck because of the pain yeah. and the pain's supposed to push us through. Um, and we just have to feel it, speak it, like you said, have a network of people that you trust and love and you can be, you know, completely vulnerable with. And that's how you're supposed to go through life in this community. And that's really a lot where I first found it in AA. Um, and it's, and it's, it, it saved my life. It's given mm -hmm. me a completely new life. Um, but it's something true, a practice I am involved in every day. I touched down in so AA talk a little day. bit about that. What is that yeah. practice like? How often do you go to AA? All of that good stuff. Yeah. So when you first come in, um, it is recommended you go every day. Um, and because basically when you first come in, you're, you're like dying, you know, you're, it's, it's, yeah. it's trauma. It's traumatic. Um, now I try to go to maybe like a, a good week for me would be four meetings, mm -hmm. but I also work with sponsees a couple of times during the week. I check in with my network every day. I have a scheduled call with my sponsor weekly. I wake up and it's very similar to your routine because I think it's also, this is a spiritual, it's a spiritual program. Mm -hmm. So I wake up and I do prayer, meditation, gratitude, breath work every day. And that is something I started in AA. Um, I really wasn't doing that. And it's just really staying connected, staying in the center of AA and being of service. Something that helps tremendously when you're first coming in and you're, and it's traumatic and you have a lot of pain is service. AA is really huge on service because when we serve another, when we seek to see how you're doing today, how I can mm. help you, what I can do at a meeting for setup, this shift goes from self to other. And that's where joy lies. You know, wow. we're so consumed and we're feeling like I'm going to die. You're pretty miserable. I mean, all, you know, giving others of yourself and, you know, love that's pouring out through you. You're it's the most I've ever felt connected to God. And you just get re this relief right away of like, mm -hmm. there are other people suffering. There's other things that need to be done. And you know what? Your problems, there's a solution and we're working through it, but give it to God and be of service. And that's something that's been a huge principle. Why I'm so passionate about sponsoring women. Also, my sponsor saved my life. I yeah. mean, sponsorship is huge and working through the 12 steps. But what is your favorite um, step? Oh my gosh. So my, so the third step is when I felt this divine shift, um, where you, it's truly like you just, um, you offer yourself fully to God, like you're ready. Mm. You, you know, you have an issue, you know, you're powerless, um, only power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. And you invite God in and you take the third step on your knees. It's a prayer. And it's very, it's just, it's, you know, you just feel God within. You're like, okay, I surrender because all of this too, like all of my life, I've been, I've been playing God. I've been trying to orchestrate everything right. to be just so, so that I feel peace and no one's upset. I'm not God. And I surrender my life to be used by God and let God do what, you know, God desires. It's because God's will is much higher than mine. Right. So the third step is when I really felt a huge shift. I mean, all of them are 
incredible. 10, 11, and 12 are so you because it's all about um, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. And I feel like that's your practice. You know, like we're mm-hmm. constantly wanting to grow closer to our higher power. Um, and again, you just, you go through the steps and then you live the steps, then you teach the steps, then you review it. So it's, it's wonderful. It's just this guide. Yeah. It sounds life. amazing. It sounds, and this is one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to start this with you. By the way, I don't even think I introduced myself on here. I was thinking, I was like, <laughs> oh, my name is Michaela. No, I came in to ask We're you questions. With, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. So, um, no, I was, I was thinking like you have this amazing tool, which most people who don't go to mm-hmm. AA have. Yes. Um, and so, you know, my journey is a little bit different where I never been to AA. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll, we'll get into that in the yeah, next episode, wait. Yes. but you know, I want to know about it because I think yeah. it's a tool that everybody can use. And so like, I want to have an episode where, you know, for 12 episodes, each one mm-hmm. is the step and we'll yes. go over it and awesome. I'd love to know more about it. And then yes. I'll put my spin on it. Like how yes. I can use it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, you said, so Aaron went on my podcast. I have another podcast, healthy style podcast. Um, you can also listen to that, but episode 113, Aaron went on and shared more of his story. So you guys after this can go and listen Mm -hmm. in and get to know her a little bit differently. Right. Um, Right. And we talk a lot about like self-care and all of that fun stuff, but a lot about alcohol as well. Um, Yeah. But I think for this podcast, my mission is to, and you, I want to hear your mission is like, my thing is to share tools and rituals and things that work for us. And there's many things, right. Yeah. And it's one of those, you just have to take that first step and try Mm -hmm. it out. If you like it, keep it, then add on. Um, yes. Possible to do all the things, for example, that I do, or you do at Mm -hmm. night, you know, I've been at this for a really long time. You too. So, um, that is my mission. It's just to shed light yeah. on that and those practices and you can make it your own. You can yes. completely change your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So Michaela, I did not realize how draining and energizing socializing can be in sobriety. There's a lot to unpack here. Just figuring out who you are, who you love to spend time with and who you don't and what activities, outings light you up and which ones, well, just are a total energy drain and not worth it. There's so much pressure, stress, and guilt associated with our social calendar and maintaining relationships that at times it's so overwhelming and hard to navigate. I definitely struggled with this in early sobriety. Enter BetterHelp. Therapy that is so convenient, flexible, and works for everyone's schedule. It's helpful for adopting positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It also empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma, even though it helps with that too. I actually didn't realize how much healing needed to be done until I got sober. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I love about it is that it's entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash sober girls today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash sober girls. Uh, and I love that you're saying that because what we're both trying to do here is say there is a solution. Mm-hmm. 
like, and, and then this is what's working for us. And what I do love about AA, it's like, they say, these are suggestions because yes. they're not like, you have to do this because it's not like, you know, I say that in coaching as well. Yes. I say, or anytime I say an episode, I say, it's, it's my recommendation. Mm-hmm. You take what you need and leave mm-hmm. the rest. You don't need to take it all, at all especially at one no. time. No, it's not an organized religion. It's, it's truly, how are you going to connect most intimately and powerfully with your solution, a, a power greater than yourself to go through life with? And that's really the point of AA. And then so that you can then face anything, but right, all these little tips and things we have, if it works for you, fantastic. I was looking for you, you know, like I, this is, so now we're kind of like loud and clear, like we're here, like flashing light. If this is how you're feeling, try this. You're not alone and you're not a horrible person too. Like, I think it's so important to say like addiction, um, it hits all of us, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter uh, anything like addiction is addiction is addiction has nothing to do with your soul and your worth. Um, it is a, it's a disease, but I think every single human on this planet has feelings and most of us don't know how to cope with them. So this is a system. Um, so this is whether you are completely sober or Mm -hmm. are looking to feel better, And perhaps you have landed here and maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is a sign to try a better way of living because I feel amazing. I know you feel amazing and life gets still gets in the way, but it's like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go back at any time and begin again and be like, okay, what am I supposed to do here when I feel like this? What are some things that can help me feel better in this moment? truly there are tools there are things like I do now where I'm like I'm feeling this I now stop and feel it and listen to okay because I used to let's get busy Mm. what is your tip for feeling I sit in it because I used to Mm. run and I used to cover a mask and cope I sit in it and ask God to speak to me what is the Mm. lesson what is my part if there's something I need to do or say show me if I'm supposed to just surrender this and leave it in your hands, show me. And then I also go to another person. I could call you and say, mm-hmm. I'm struggling with this. What do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing called a 10 step call, which Michaela, I've done with you now, but you just didn't know it was called a 10, 10 step call where I say this happened. I have a resentment um, or I have an issue or a problem I'm facing what do you think? Should Do I need to make amends? Am I in the wrong in any way? Because I want to know, because listen, in life, I just want to be free. I want to be free. So if that means I have to own my shit and be like, I was wrong. I'm going to go to someone I trust who's yeah. spiritually fit. And you're going to say, you know what, Aaron? I would apologize. I would pray on this. I would look at why you mm-hmm. reacted that way. Yeah. Get underneath it. And this is what I suggest because nothing grows. And like that is you, the conversations you, we have. <laughs> yes. Where I'm like, okay, this is how we're going to handle it. And you're right. And, but you and I'm like, well, willing. it's a mirror to you. What is yes. in there? Yes. <laughs> yes. And right. And you have to go to someone who, again, I keep saying yeah. spiritually fit because you have to have someone who's going to speak the truth and love to you yeah. and not just want to like say what you think you want to hear. Mm-hmm. I truly want to be free. I want to be p- at peace with God. And I know like any of those disturbances block the flow of the spirit. They do. They keep me from divine flow. And I just want to be 
and God's presence have nothing hinder that. So that is something that's worked miraculously. Now, is it always fun? No, you don't always want to be like, oh, but you're guided. So when you are you're guided, guided, you do it and you know mm-hmm. you're, you're held and you're okay. It's mm-hmm. the right thing to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I feel like you have so many things that you do because just as being this meditation guru and health coach, like what, what is your go-to? So it's funny. I, um, I'm, I'm similar to you in a sense where ever since I was little, I felt things and I feel Mm -hmm. people's emotions and I, especially being sober now, I have, uh, sort of like, I see my powers in a way, how I can move Mm. energy and I can shift my energy. Yes. Um, so many times I don't call a person. I sort of go within and I shift it. Mm. I shift how I look at it. I shift how I, um, but I always in a way where I, I, I thank it and yeah. I give it light and right. I always ask like, what is the next thing that I can do that, to make me feel better, to make mm. this better? that what's a better thought. And a lot of this is Abraham Hicks, right? Um, yes. it's, that, it's that mentality, like, yes, acknowledge it. Um, yeah. but also don't live there. Right. Like, yes. and when we live there is like, it, it's like very low vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, you know, I want to get into like a different episode of more about the, the feelings and, and perhaps yes. I'm like an expert on this because that, that's something yes. that I am intrigued about, but I also think that because I do meditate and I realize like, okay, if I'm feeling this, what thoughts am I having about it? Mm -hmm. So the way I move energy is by changing the thoughts, right? So the book, change your thoughts, change your mind by Wayne Dyer is Mm -hmm. like amazing. He's like my spiritual father. I don't have a father. So I'm like, I Mm -hmm. (laughs) I look for, you know, things like that. And I, I, I change my thoughts about it and it's worked wonders yeah. for my life and for my, the way my life has unfolded. And also, yeah. you know, it's something that I'm, I'm working on always, you know, it's not I like you love your thoughts once and that's it. It's, it's no. all day long. If I'm feeling discomfort or out of alignment, it's probably because of a thought probably Mm -hmm. because I expected something Mm -hmm. probably because I wanted something, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I work on that. That's so powerful. And that's something to we're in control of that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, at any moment you can shift your thoughts. And I feel like gratitude is the fastest one to get you from a lower vibe to a high vibe. Gratitude, love, send love, be grateful. It's like, it's constant. It's constant. Yes but it, you yeah. have the awareness. And so I think that's mm-hmm. the key is if you're feeling that way and you feel stuck, you have to become aware of the fact that you're in, in control of this and that yeah. your thoughts create your reality. I never knew that forever. I just right. would wallow and just then cope and cover versus I'm going to choose to feel better by shifting what I'm focusing on. I'm going to start thanking God. I'm going to, you know, send love. I'm going to realize how many wonderful things I have right at my fingertips. And I think that is yeah. huge for humans well, to realize. It is. And when it comes to trauma, because I think, mm-hmm. you know, in my case, that's why mm-hmm. I drank. Um, I never dealt yeah. with it was um, we have to sort of, I lost my train of thought. 
<laughs> trauma, we have to deal with it in a way we have yeah. to almost, Oh, I got it. So we have to, for me, it's a lot of forgiveness. Yeah. And, um, it's because when we forgive, we don't f- forgive for ourselves. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. forgive for them. We forgive for ourselves yes. to not carry and hold yeah. that anymore. So it's yes. that, like, it's that cycle of forgiveness and sending love yes. and detachment and, yes. you know, okay, I'm safe now. Like everybody yes. right now, just like close your eyes, put your hand over your heart and take a deep breath. <sighs> Life can be hard. And especially right now with what's going on in the world. I mean, I think it's always been, shit has been always happening in the yeah. world, but I think the world is much more sensitive to it. I think our information is super fast and coming to our brain and in and out. And we're constantly filtering and fighting and, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. So just feel that hand over your heart, your beautiful organ that's keeping you alive and wants you alive and just breathe into it and say, I am safe. I am loved. I am worthy to feel good and just activate every cell in your body with that feeling for the day and forever. Mm, that's so beautiful. Invest in your future with this feeling. So look at your future as like a bank and just keep on investing, feeling mm. good and these sort of like positive thoughts in there. And that is a tool that you can always that's amazing. And gently open your eyes. Boom. I needed that. Beautiful. I love that. But then that's, that's the thing. That's the thing that everyone's searching for. And we go in circles and circles yeah. and you point them back to inside. It's all inside. It's already, the answers are within, but how do you unlock them is what you just mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we it's all a need to practice It doesn't more. even take it's a 20 a minute meditation. It's a moment to just always keep coming back yeah. um, because things will always, you know, distract you, but this is yeah. about you. Yeah. <laughs> so is, are there any, let me see, tips or advice that you have for our listeners, two different types for somebody who yeah. is still drinking and totally. here, obviously mm-hmm. to learn more about creating Definitely. a healthier lifestyle mm-hmm. and for somebody who is sober and perhaps wants more fun and wants to yeah. date and just like yeah. life beyond this life, like 110%. Oh my gosh. So many. So someone who's still drinking, you know, I wish someone gave me this advice. If you're still drinking and you're just not sure, you're not sure if you have a a problem with alcohol, you're not sure if you want to even stop, just go visit a meeting. You do not have to be sober. You don't walk in sober. You just have to have a desire. If you have a desire to stop drinking and if you have a desire to learn more and see if this is the path for you and this is, um, this is your next best step to help you live a happier, healthier life without alcohol. Go to a meeting. There's tons of meetings on zoom. You can always join me um, if you're local and I just would check it out. And then also go to several meetings. You're not going to find your crew and have your aha moment day one. I was like dead for a couple of weeks, like dead. Like I felt like I was like there, but not there. Mm. I would sit there being like, people are crazy. What are they taught? I was like, literally like, like crying. I was like, I hear rosé bottles opening down the street and they're wondering where I am. And I'm in this meeting and how is this my life? Oh. And I will never be happy here. And like, and then I will never say I'm um, a grateful alcoholic. That is such bullshit. Like who's fucking grateful alcoholic? Excuse my French. Now I'm like, I'm a grateful alcoholic. <laughs> like, oh my God. I am. 
I am. I'm like, that's what they were feeling. Wow. I get it. And I'm one of those people, but it doesn't happen your first time. So you're going to listen to this and go to a meeting and be like, oh my God, no way. You have so that to is give the it power time. of proximity. I talk about yes. that a lot is yes. the power of being around people who mm. you are inspired by. Listen, even if Hell you yeah. are stopping, you know, if you decided to quit drinking, but you still yeah. hang out with the same friends and yeah. going out to the same brunches for me, it was mm. like, Oh, it's so like luxurious and it's fun and it's pretty, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm going to dive bars, but mm-hmm. like, and you know, no, nothing wrong with that. But yeah. just like I, I said, Oh, it's okay because I still get dressed and I still do my makeup and I still feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you have to change your environment. So you don't completely have to stop. Things might change. So you might go from having a friendship, like, you know, going out to brunch to say, Mm -hmm. Oh, meet me for a morning walk, or let's go on the beach in the afternoon. You know, if it's a good friend, they will switch and perhaps look Mm -hmm. at their own Mm -hmm. patterns. Right. Yes. Um, you know, so, you know, luckily I have friends who, it wasn't about alcohol, many, yeah. many friends. So, so that's cool. But I that's also have, to, I also have yeah. to seek out people who, yep. um, because I love to get ideas. I love to know. That's why I'm like, yes. I'm, I can't wait to ask all yes. these beautiful, delicious questions yes. to our guests. Yes. Yes. No, you're going to die. Yes. They're doing I, and too. like, I yes. want to try things on, you know, a hundred percent. And yeah. It's like a cocktail hour ear without, without I'm drinking coffee. It is. It's what's really <laughs> filling your soul. Yes. Right. And you're going to, you're going to realize too, I just had a conversation with a, a dear friend who is not alcoholic, but stops drinking because didn't like the way it made her feel. And she's like, um, not really having fun going out because it's like, then reality hits and you're like, Shoot, yeah, this, I yeah. don't, I, I don't, I don't fit here and it's okay. Guess what? It means you get to expand. Life is all about expansion. And when you feel that way, God's like Boop, pushing you out of the nest. You got to go, you have to soar. And for other people too, to soar with you, you have to sometimes be the, the one doing it first and it's okay. Your friends will be there and you can like, like you said, shift and have different ways of hanging out and bonding. Yeah. They're going to actually be more meaningful and impactful and, and real. Um, but you just have to be open to the adventure. Like one thing with AA, which also drove, drove me crazy. My sponsor's like, you have to just say yes. I'm like, what do you mean? I say no to everything. Like I'm so controlling. Someone asked you to speak, you say yes. Someone asked you to serve, you say yes. Someone asked you for your number, like a female, to call you in the program. You give it to them, and guess mm-hmm. what? You have to call and be part of their life because you're keeping each other sober. Someone invites you to something to do in AA, like you know, you say yes and you show up, and you're that's cool. You realize that you know you would be missing out if you just don't have an open mind to you know, try new things. Yeah, in sobriety. No, yeah. I love you have that. To keep an open mind. I have to keep an open mind. And then anything. So in your next question was someone who's already sober. Yes. So I think it's really important in sobriety to keep it fresh by either sponsoring women or, um, you know, finding another service opportunity. I really love the big book and the work. So jumping back in and redoing your steps or even just redoing your fourth and fifth, which is your resentments you always want to stay in the work and see where you can grow deeper. You just mm. can't be because we will become a very, we could be just unhappy alcohol. Yeah. You know, um, sober in recovery. People. Yeah. 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 And yeah. our thoughts maybe won't be that sober. 
you know, cause you right. can put down the drink, but not have the sobriety going on in your mm, thoughts. So you really want to see, I think the most, um, fulfilling part of it is sponsoring other women and seeing their lives transformed. So I would just really, but you know, for me, for that. me, I wouldn't be able to sponsor people. Would I No, but so, but this podcast, it's like, you will get to journey with them and through being a health coach and, and meditation teacher, you'll get to journey with them mm-hmm. in this and you'll know how to guide them and what to do. Mm. Um, and again, like, I think it's good to point out too. There are some people that they don't want to do AA and there's other forms of recovery. And I'm excited to learn more about that and see, you know, how people have had so much success. I know a book that we both love like a woman, Holly uh, decides an alternate alternate road to recovery. And it's amazing. And she's brilliant and helps so many people with her book. So like you were saying, there's all these different suggestions, you know, and I'm coming at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a, you know, it's like, finding the right lifestyle, um, with yeah. eating or exercise, it's going to be different. It is a lifestyle. Yeah. 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 It is a lifestyle. I love that. So I Me love too. you. Thank you for sharing you. your story. And for those listening, thank you for joining us. I just want to share, you can follow both of us on Instagram or TikTok. Um, Aaron is at recover with Aaron mm-hmm. on both. And I am at health with Michaela on both as well. And we are starting a new Facebook group. So it's called two sober girls podcast on Facebook. So it's just a private community where it's super safe for us Mm -hmm. to talk. You, you know, you guys can share what you liked Mm -hmm. about a podcast episode and things like that, and just seek that community within this. Mm -hmm. And so that is our service an honor yeah. to serve you here. Yes, it is. Any such last an honor. Words? I'm just thrilled. I mean, I'm just so excited to give back what was freely given to me. I think it's the highest calling I have. So to have this space with you and just be able to encourage and bless anyone listening who's struggling with addiction. Um, I just am I'm thankful. Yes. I'm and please thankful. reach out if you mm-hmm. need anything yes. in this space. Yes. We are here and you can find all of the links in the show notes and hope you have a beautiful day and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, lovey. I'm Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.